episode of Staycation by Localer, the um, podcast where we hang out with each other and with some of our, um, you know, favorite community members and just talk about what's on our minds. How you doing, Joa? I'm doing well. How you doing, Kate? I'm doing really good. Coming at you from my living room yet again. <laughs> I am here in Austin, Texas in the home office and... Um... I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to have this space. I, um, I feel very fortunate that Localer has, has already been doing remote working long before COVID. I mean, we've been doing this for years and I think Mm -hmm. for the people who are still fairly new to this, I think that, um, what I would probably suggest is you just buckle in and, and assume that this is the new reality. I just read the other day that Google announced that remote work is going to be the policy for the company, I think even through 2021. So I I feel like us having the familiarity with remote working is making this easier. But for those that are new to this, um, I would say that you should probably try to think about the things that you liked about going to the office every day and finding ways to, mm-hmm. if not recreate those things, to create your own version of those things at home or wherever you're working that isn't the office because I think we're going to be in this kind of state for a while. I think it's going to be a while before people are going back to the office and doing the nine to five kind of thing. Definitely. Yeah. So if you need to buy uh, like a powder keg of non-dairy creamer to have at home to remind (laughs) you of the coffee that tasted like an ashtray at your old office, (laughs) do it. Follow your heart. Um, I have gotten into the habit for better or for worse of I've been doing a lot of work lately at nighttime as opposed to during the day, which I think is a byproduct of, I mean, I, maybe it's because I'm just sort of in my home so often Mm -hmm. now or so much more of a day that like time doesn't have as much meaning, but, uh, I think it's perhaps, you know, this isn't just a shift, um, to our homes and to figure out how to get our work done within the confines of like a normal, uh, schedule but also there's there's so much more fluidity when it comes to like i don't know respecting what you as an individual and as a professional need to be successful as opposed to just sort of the rigid work system so obviously you know whatever you don't have to wear pants now congratulations but also (laughs) if you happen to be a person who kind of hits your stride around two or three in the afternoon what's to stop you from making that you know sort of like when your workday really starts to hit its peak and then keep working until eight or nine, if that's what suits you. Um, and, and then, you know, I don't know, go to bed, try it a different way in the morning. I man, um, I, I love that I, thing. I love that line of thinking. Well, I, uh, I was feeling kind of guilty about it actually, um, until recently because I just kind of thought like, well, is this, is this like a procrastination thing? Like, why am I, uh, enjoying working so much in the evenings? Mm-hmm. This is not sustainable. But then my friend told me that it's what RBG does. Um, mm. so I feel really good about it now. <laughs> <laughs> we should all be doing what RBG does. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean her workout at the very minimum, but, um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, there's so many benefits to working remotely, including but not limited to the ability to take trips so much more easily, mm-hmm. which I'm happy to report. We both got back from some yeah. really wonderful trips. Yours was uh, much longer than mine, but they were both, I think, just dynamite. And uh, we got to see each other for a very socially distanced uh, beach takeout mm-hmm. dinner, which was lovely, yep. uh, highlight of my month. 
And um, and then we went all around. So um, so where did you go? Talk to me about it. Yeah, I mean, I think even before talking about the trip, what I would say is, I think the thing that was driving me to want to take a trip, part of it obviously mm -hmm. was, you know, I'm the founder of Localer and we're a travel company. So we want to actually be experts in travel, even if it's during a pandemic. Um, so I wanted to go out there and on the road and, and, and experience what's actually happening right now. But part of the motivation for me was that I really wanted to get a sense for just the general sentiment of how people are feeling and how, and not just people in Austin, you know, but people around the mm -hmm. country are feeling about what's going on. I think, especially as we start to see that other parts of the world, be that Europe, Asia are starting to kind of open back up and get back to some semblance of normalcy. Whereas here in the U S we're very much still kind of deep in the trenches of the pandemic. And so I just wanted to kind of get out there and see, you know, what are people in the Pacific Northwest or in the Rocky region or in California or whatever, what are people thinking and feeling right now? And so, yeah, my trip was, it ended up being a little over three weeks and, um, we left, my girlfriend and I left in late June and we drove, we made our way basically West and we only had a couple of fixed dates on the calendar. So we had, uh, we, we, you know, we got a national park pass and you have to make a reservation in order to go to Yosemite national park and the Olympic national park. Mm -hmm. And so we had those dates locked in. And so basically we, we made our way towards Olympic first. So we went to New Mexico through Taos and then Colorado through Durango, Colorado. And then we went up through Salt Lake City, Utah, where I have some good friends and then to Boise, Idaho. And then we ended up in Seattle where we got to hang out with you and your boyfriend. And then we made our way up to Olympic National Park which was my first time there and it was absolutely breathtaking. And it was also a, a awesome departure from the weather in Texas, which at the time I think was in the 104, 105 region. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then we came back down through uh, Oregon, parts of Oregon, Portland, Bend, um, and then made our way down to through Shasta Trinity National Forest in Northern California and then over to Yosemite. And then we ended up stopping in the Phoenix area where my girlfriend's family lives. And then we stopped in Tucson where she, where she went to college for a, a hot minute and then pretty much did a straight shot back to Austin. So all in it was a little over three weeks and it was absolutely amazing. Um, covered about a little under 7,000 miles, which is a lot of driving. So I, uh -huh. I, I know that some people aren't really equipped for that kind of driving. So what I would say is, you know, every road trip doesn't have to be going to Yellowstone or Yosemite or someplace where you're talking about, you know, these long drives. There are versions of road trips that involve much shorter trips. Um, but for me, I'm kind of a road trip pro. So I decided, you know, to bite off the, the, you know, the big part of the apple and, and do as much of the country as we could on this trip. Can I ask what's the, um, what's the breakdown of, of driving in, this situation do you do the lion's share do you split it pretty evenly and do you do the thing if so where you like time it and you say you know okay i'm gonna drive for two hours and then you're gonna drive for two hours and, and so on and so forth so i did all the driving and all the driving. all the driving and and part of that is because i personally love driving i lo not i don't like mm -hmm. city driving but i love just getting on the highway and putting the cruise control on and and just taking it all in um, but the other part of that is because, um, you know, I think unlike you, unlike many people, uh, my girlfriend doesn't really have a penchant for like the camping outdoor lifestyle in the sense of like, you know, 
putting a tent up and all that stuff. And so in order to kind of sell her on this road trip, I had to make it as comfortable for her <laughs> as possible. So I think that that was part of it as well. And, and thankfully we were able to do that. Well, excellent. Hey, whatever it takes. And it, it, I think that, uh, you know, Angelica is a person who has just determined more about herself. She's gotten to know herself in a lot of different ways and, and understands what she's willing to yeah. <laughs> you know, take time to do and, and what she's not totally and so i say more power to her um you know my brother was um my sister-in-law was asking about camping the other day to me she was talking about how she and my brother who both live in seattle as well that they really want to get better at camping mm -hmm. is what she said mm -hmm. what i told her was all you do to be good at camping is try not to complain that's <laughs> it there's plenty to complain about always and it's just about it's very true keeping it to yourself that's it. That's the whole hack. And so if you find that you are like, you know what? I don't actually even want to try and quiet my complaints. I just want to do a different kind of trip. I say good for you. Yeah. I mean, and, and honestly, and on this trip, one of the, one of the, I guess, one of the benefits of, of this time is, you know, I think that the rates, whether that's for hotels, Airbnbs, whatever, everything is down to a certain degree. And we actually stayed in hotels the entire time because the, you mm -hmm. know, we were using the app Hotel Tonight frequently and because we were you know we were passing through certain towns and staying for like one night and maybe sometimes two or three nights and so it didn't really make sense to us to to stay in the airbnb for a single night and think about whether or not the host had cleaned it had it cleaned all that stuff and ver versus yeah. when you go to a hotel you kind of know that the room's been cleaned before you arrive that type of thing um and there's an ice machine and there's different amenities that a hotel has so what we did is um we basically you know didn't book any places in advance and just found the most affordable places so we were staying at you know a lot of discount places like quality ends and days in mm -hmm. things like that um and so again it's to your point about complaints i think if you're going into a road trip with the mindset that you would take to you know a, a big expensive vacation where you're flying and staying in a nice place and all that stuff i think you're going to be disappointed because um, I think in reality, part of what makes a road trip so interesting is embracing those unknowns and mm -hmm. being a little bit more fluid than you would be when you're flying and you have set dates and leaving and returning versus us. We, we had like a five day date range of leaving on the trip, you know? So it was like, oh, we're going to leave. Mm -hmm. We could leave any day between June 23rd or June 29th. And we ended up leaving, I think on June 28th, you know? And so... I think that the flexibility is part of the, the perk of a road trip. Totally. I completely agree. I used to try and plan road trips a lot more, uh, like have it all mapped mm -hmm. out, you know, reservations at different campsites, meal plans, you know, have our hikes picked out, have it all down to a T. And it was way more exhausting and less fun. And it was really hard for me to like wrest those controls away from myself and, and just sort of go without a set yeah. plan but mm -hmm. uh but it's wonderful once you realize how much avails itself to you if you just kind of keep an open mind and a loose schedule yeah i mean we um, we pretty much but... had that mentality every single day of our trip it was you know we had i i had certain places that i did want to see in yosemite but other than that I mean, we would wake up and say okay like how do we feel okay we're gonna do this and we tried to kind of in a lot of ways merge the places of interest with our exercise so it'd be like okay today we're gonna go hike this and that's our exercise and it's a place we want to go see mm -hmm. 
Um, well, so tell me about some of the places you did see. I want to hear, all right, here's my categories. I want to hear best, favorite hotel that you okay. stayed in, favorite uh, town that you went through, favorite park, and favorite food. Hmm, okay. Let's see. Favorite park. I mean, I had been to Yosemite before, Angelica Hatton, uh, and and I think we both love Yosemite. And I, 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 it's for a park that so many people go to every year. I, what I discovered mm -hmm. this year is that there are places you can go where you can kind of get a little bit more off the beaten path. Um, so I really enjoyed that, but I really just loved going to Olympic for the first time, just the, both the climate change from Texas. And then also just the idea of it being this very, you know, the most, one of the most North Northwest tips of the country was really mm -hmm. cool. And it, it made it feel more special. And especially, I remember you telling us that Lake Crescent was just this beautiful lake. And then when we drove in and then saw Lake Crescent for the first time, it was like, whoa, this is, this is really special. This is the most beautiful lake water that I've seen in the United States. And I've been to all, almost all the big lakes, Tahoe, you know, Hartwell, or, uh, you know, uh, Powell, like, you know, all the big lakes. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I thought that Lake Crescent was probably the most beautiful lake setting that I have seen in the world other than Lake Como in Italy. So whatever wow. I, whatever ideas you have about Lake Como, like Lake Crescent to me hit the same notes in terms of, okay, I got to come back here. And actually what I ended up finding myself thinking was actually be since Olympic National Park is on the U.S. side of Lake Crescent, what I want to do is actually find a way to stay in Canada on that side because they seemed like there were houses there on that side where you could possibly rent a house over there. Um, and you know do the kind of do the boat life thing so that's that was one of one of my favorite parts and hurricane ridge up there just being above the mountains above the clouds even was amazing um and then in terms of favorite you said favorite food um we, we really liked the food in bend there were it mm -hmm. seemed like a, a town that had really responded well to covid had prepped well for covid um and so even even though, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, several of the, the best restaurants in the city were still open, had plenty of outdoor seating or ways to come get food to go. Um, so we felt comfortable, safe there. Um, actually, in Bend, that was the first time that we've sat inside at a bar, which obviously that's not something that I would recommend for everyone or, and for every city. But in Bend, we actually felt safe because of the, the way that people were spaced out, just the, just the it, it was a setting where it was like, wow, okay, there's a way to do this. And there are places to do this where it doesn't seem overpopulated or full. It seems like they're being mindful of the conditions that we're in right now. Um, so I, I really was just impressed with, with that whole Pacific Northwest run from Seattle and Olympic down to Bend. Um, Portland was the only place that felt uh, pretty severe you know obviously we've been watching the news with the federal you know authorities mm -hmm. coming in there and you know disrupting the protests there but um when we were there we stayed at a, actually a nice hotel downtown but downtown portland was like almost like a ghost town um in the sense of the businesses were all closed and you know the, maybe the coffee shops were slightly open for pickup but that was it um but we did actually go for some great runs in portland portland remains my favorite running city in the country um, we went mm -hmm. to a place called the Leif Erickson Trail, which is just an amazing place to go run, you know, 10 or 20 miles. Uh, we went to a place called Mount Tabor, which mm -hmm. has, I think they have like something like a hundred and something stairs, which you can 
So we did a kind of a stairs workout there. Um, so it was for, for a fitness standpoint, Portland was amazing, but from a scenery and COVID standpoint, I think bend Olympic felt much, much safer. Um, and we could kind of keep our distance while also kind of still enjoying the nature and the atmosphere. And then what that's was, what awesome. was your question? I'm... Where was the favorite place to stay? Well, at, favorite place to stay, actually that that's cheating because when we, st- when we went to Phoenix area, we ended up staying with her mom, um, and she cooks everything and it's amazing. Um, but mm-hmm. in terms of hotel, yeah, you know what I would say, what I would say is, you know, typically I'm, I'm a big fan of boutique hotels, you know, like the ACE, the line, things like that. But when you're on a road trip, I think part of the thing that keeps you in that road trip mindset and keeps you in that place where you're like in a few or no complaints mode is to to think of your accommodations as a place to rest your head and not a place to unlock some some unseen part of the city. You know, when you stay in a boutique mm-hmm. hotel in New yeah. York, you're like part of the reason why you're staying there is because you are kind of getting a key to the city and through the lens of that hotel. But when you're staying at a quality inn in a small town in Northern California, you're, you're staying mm-hmm. there to, to get some rest from the driving and then get sure. on your way to the next place. So we just kept that mindset. And, and I think it just made the trip much smoother. Well, that sounds that sounds like an ideal trip. And yeah, I can appreciate that the quality in, in, you know, middle of nowhere, Oregon is probably not going to, you know, change your life or even <laughs> really change your trip. If it has, if it has the power to change your trip, it's arguably in the negative is like the yeah. only, it's either neutral or it's bad. Yeah. Um, well, I'm really glad to hear selfishly that you liked, uh, Olympic national park so much since it was my yeah, recommendation to it you. It was, um, and, you know, actually, the, when I last went to uh, Lake Crescent, it was two years ago, and I just remember being in the car with my dad, and I was driving, and just being, couldn't stop raving about the quality of the road. Mm-hmm. It was, like, incredible driving. <laughs> they had just paved it or something, yeah. and it felt like, I felt like I was in my groove playing Mario Kart um, <laughs> while driving my own car, which I think is what you are speaking to when you talk about loving driving out, you know, not in the city, but yeah. out on these big, long stretches of highway. It's that sort of feeling, like you are almost like roving in a go-kart, and it's, you know, it, or on a roller coaster, and it's just so lovely and peaceful and meditative, and, and that's the way I felt, not just at Lake Crescent, but also on the drive back from Lake Crescent so yeah. I, I hope that the road is still it, it like, was it was a great road up. actually another place that and you <laughs> you actually recommended the town for us to stay in there squim um mm-hmm. and it was it's a cute little quaint little town you know 30 40 minutes before you actually get into Olympic National Park um we had a really good meal at a place there as well called Oak Table Cafe and it's this cute mm-hmm. little cafe that we ate ended up ended up eating there twice actually um kind of good breakfast food type of slot and um so that was really nice and actually one one more thing i'll add about highlights of the trip i'm just i'm such a fish like if i can swim if i can find water then i will and i was one of my favorite parts of the whole trip was just getting to swim in so many different places going to carlon falls in yosemite um going to uh tumala falls outside of bend but the favorite swim that i had the whole trip was at Ruby Beach, which you recommended, which is the beach up in the Olympic National Park. And people were looking at me uh-huh. like I was crazy because the water's so cold. But I, I saw 
it's cold and it's it can yeah. be you know intense water too. But I, I I had to get in. I literally stripped down to my boxers and I got in and swam for a little bit because it was just like so refreshing to get in that kind of water. Oh, that's so nice. I'm really glad you got to do that. Totally. Yes, Kate's Rex rule. Yes, that's what I'm taking from this. Um, so, 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 really so tell me about your trip. Uh, so, okay, well, we, uh, I went with my boyfriend and we took a, uh, we took, I think I mentioned this on our last mm-hmm. episode of the podcast, but we took a, a camper van. It was a Ford Transit Connect, which, which is she, a We, we saw van. when we were in Seattle and it is super decked out and amazing. It's pretty good. Yeah. So he uh, bought it for a song from his buddy who has a construction company and then stripped the inside out and uh, and built it into a camper with, you know, a stove and lots of storage and a comfy bed that like converts into a futon and a fan, all sorts of stuff. And um, it's spoiled me for life on tent camping. I'm sorry <laughs> to say uh, the point, the, the idea with this van was to flip it. So to, you know, buy it inexpensively put a lot of work into it and then sell it for a profit so anybody in the washington area want to buy a ford transit connect um i'm kate at localer.com is where you can find me (laughs) but uh but no i mean i i don't want to sell it i'm i'm very sad to have to let it go um because it's just so fantastic and i really never thought that i would be in the camp of you know, for lack of a better term, hashtag van life. I uh-huh. just didn't think that was for me. And it actually might be very much for me. But anyway, <laughs> we went, uh, so, you know, have seen a lot of Washington having lived here, but not seen a, a ton of Oregon because it's one of those places that's, you know, like a lot of things I think that people haven't explored that aren't quite in their backyards, but close to their backyards. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where you understand that people come from far and wide to see mm-hmm. it, but for you to fly there is not reasonable because it's too yeah. close and to drive there is always too much for like a weekend mm-hmm. trip so when you're when the whole world is open to you in not covid times and you think oh i've got you know five days i want to take a trip you you go big you go for broke yeah. you don't end up going to the next state mm-hmm. over but in this case that was what was available to us and it was fantastic and i'm so glad we got to do it and there's still so much of oregon that i haven't seen but we uh we pretty much booked it straight from seattle down to smith rock state park which i know that y'all checked out too it's a world-class climbing destination Mm -hmm. uh which is you know great if you're into it i'm not uh i don't understand it (laughs) (laughs) frankly but uh but it's a gorgeous gorgeous destination and you know it's kind of almost like I mean, it looks more like the Southwest than the Pacific yeah. Northwest. Yeah, it, yeah, but totally. The mountain range, you know, that runs through Washington and Oregon is the, the Cascades. And uh, if you get east of that mountain pass, everything looks like a, a, it looks like a different planet relative to what's west of the mountain passes, which is what people more traditionally associate mm-hmm. with Washington with Oregon and what have you. So anyway, we went down there. We loved it. Uh, went to a um, a place called the Crooked River that was nearby and uh, camped there, and it was gorgeous. And uh, you know, nobody was within five hundred feet of us at any given time, which is great. Mm-hmm. And then we went over to. Um, we actually just kind of meant to stop at this national monument to just like take a dip take a hike maybe there were rumored to be some hot springs around there so we were going to check that out but uh we loved it it was called it's these two lakes uh that are called palina lake and uh east lake and 
they were just absolutely gorgeous. We found a guy who owns a property on East Lake uh, in the midst of this monument. Um, I'm sure, you know, the it would be a lot harder to buy that today mm-hmm. if you tried to, but he he's owned it for like decades and he turned in, he turned several of um, the spots near the lakeshore into campsites. Oh, and wow. I don't even know how we really found this guy, but we did. And he, you camp there for free. And I know it sounds like maybe a scene out of deliverance, but I promise you it was all very, um, you know, safe and, and friendly and not like, uh, you know, the last thing you do is you go, oh, I, I'll just stay on the stranger's property. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> Nothing bad happened. Um, so we were there for a little while and we were the only ones camping there, which was also nice. And then we went over to the Crater Lake area and um, I'd never seen it before. I'd always wanted to go. Um, I'm not ashamed to admit that when we finally drove up and you finally glimpsed the lake i just started crying yeah uh, because it's so it really is and so it really is i mean nothing prepares you for it and it's wonderful how you can't see it in the distance you mm-hmm. know when you are approaching it you don't sort of have like a, a sneak peek mm-hmm. of it that, so, that spoils your impression mm-hmm. you just kind of get there and you get there and um and we were staying uh, at that time we we checked out a lake that was like 30 miles north of crater lake called diamond lake which was great because uh, like East Lake that we had been to prior, the, um, it's it's not nearly as deep as Crater Lake, which is the deepest yeah. uh, lake in the country, maybe on the continent, yeah. but um, which means it's a lot warmer. You can swim in it. It's it's much more palatable for like setting up camp, um, but also it gave us a chance to be really far away from people again uh, at that campsite as opposed to Crater Lake, which. You know, I'm sure if you found the campsite there, it was going to be, you know, next to six different RVs and a bunch of screaming kids and and whatever, (laughs) which is all well and good. But it felt great to be able to get away from that. And then what we did was we spent our days on Diamond Lake, you know, rented a little boat, swam a lot, Zach fished. And then in the evening times is when we went into the park, which you have completely to yourself. Mm -hmm. And seeing the sunset on like or on Crater Lake is um, an experience that I think everybody should have at least once in their lifetimes. And when we actually went up there, my favorite memory was, um, we drove up to Crater Lake on, I think it was a Thursday night and nobody was around. And we, because, you know, the van has our, all of our provisions in it, our stove and all of that, we pulled up to one of those, you know, picture vistas Mm -hmm. and, uh, just cooked dinner right there and ate it in, you know, the loveliest, most killer epic view amazing to eat amazing canned chili um <laughs> it was great and uh and yeah so those are sort of the the main highlights of my trip but yeah what i my main takeaway from it really was something along the lines of look you've always wanted to go to crater lake you've never been this is just sort of a microcosm mm-hmm. for the larger thing you've always wanted to go these times are not normal times so the fact that you even get to go to these places uh, you should treat with an abundance of uh, gratitude and caution. Yeah. Um, and, and just sort of accept that there's a lot that's out of your control. There's a lot that you cannot, um, you can't safely do. And so instead of thinking of that as a lot of uh, limitations and, and roadblocks to having a good trip, why don't you just think about it as a way to have a different kind of trip and to see things in a way that you don't normally get to explore them. And yeah. so that was really the mentality that I tried to take to each situation and also just, um, you know, not being 
disappointed if things didn't look exactly like I thought that they would. And, and the, um, the outcome was that I felt like my expectations were exceeded over and over again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot right now that we don't, (laughs) that that is really shameful about living in the United States, you know, Mm -hmm. just can't put a finer point on it than that. But it is wonderful to feel like when you're really grasping at straws to find anything um, that you are, are really proud of about the way that your country is presenting itself to the rest of the world, um, to take comfort in knowing how beautiful some parts of this country mm-hmm. are. You know, I, I don't really know what that does to a person's patriotism or if it makes a difference at all, but it is nice to remember some of the things that um, that are worth protecting and, and worth sticking your neck out for mm-hmm. um, when everything is, is so fraught and complicated. It's not a chance to like bury your head in the sand to get away, but it's a chance to sort of, I don't know, rededicate yourself to a version of America that you believe in and yeah. that you want to yeah, I mean, um, fight I, for. Yeah, I mean, I fully, 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 fully believe in what you just said and and i felt that i mean one of my favorite parts of the trip was you know this country is so big that there are so many like almost like regional secrets that are natural that are Mm -hmm. outdoor and you know like if you come to austin you're going to hear about the barbecue you're going to hear about the tex-mex or the tacos you're going to hear about the music scene but you may not hear about enchanted rock and that's the kind of thing Mm -hmm. that it's it's a state park that you would have to live here for a while or, or really be outdoor savvy to find out about a place like Enchanted Rock that's, you know, about an hour and a half away from here to go to. And and that's how I, I remember you and Zach were the ones who I think first told us about Smith Rock and then, or, or, or you mentioned it, and then we had a couple of different people in Bend area tell us about it as well. And it was it was so cool when we got to Smith Rock and it felt like we had been let in on this cool na- a secret that nature had in that area, you know? And totally. and it's it's like the kind of place that it's not going to show up on the top 100 destinations list. But when you get there, you're happy you showed up. You know, you're, you, you're not going to regret a single second there. And I, I that's one of the things I loved about a road trip is that, yes, we went to some, we went to a couple cities and, you know, we practiced social distancing and we're safe, we're masked, all that when we were in Seattle and Portland in Salt Lake, but we also went to some of the, you know, the popular, you know, national parks. Like we went through the area with Moab and marches and we, uh, we obviously spent several days in in the Yosemite area, but the, the parts that were the really, the most memorable for me were parts of the country that I, I feel like are very regionally known. So it's almost like this subset Mm -hmm. of Americans know about, you know, something like Olympic you know, even though anyone in the country can can go to Olympic, it seems like when you get into the Pacific Northwest, then you're getting closer to the people who know about the secrets of Olympic National Park. When you get closer mm-hmm. to, you know, Bend, Oregon, then you're around people who know about Smith Rock and what that is. So I like this idea of uncovering these kind of regional secrets in the country through this and reconnecting with, with, with this country and, and, and admiring how vast it is and how beautiful it is. Absolutely. It really, you know, it, it makes me kind of, I, I feel like I'm, I have the sensation of, of feeling like the world has gotten 
much larger because you really start to grasp the how many different experiences you can have. Mm-hmm. You know, you think you've seen America having lived here for 30 some odd mm-hmm. years and then you turn a corner and realize you haven't. Yeah. But also that the world is, you know, in a in a beautiful way, also really small mm-hmm. um, because once you look at things, you, you start taking things, you know, day by day, mile by mile, you're able to just appreciate the I don't know quaintness isn't the right word but just sort of the the individuality and the charm that comes from stopping to really get to know a place its people its energy uh and to feel at home there uh even if it's the first time you've ever even you know said the name of the place out Mm -hmm. loud but that is a thing that I think we're both really excited to be bringing to Localer and uh, part of why we're having this podcast is to kind of debut this new section of the site that's really all about giving people the chance to have the kinds of unforgettable road trips that um, that I think make you, I don't know, is it too big of a stretch to say it makes you a better person? I think it makes I you don't a think it's a stretch at all. Really quality road trip. No, I don't think it's a stretch at all. I, I, I would say this too. It's both you and I went with our significant others and I would say from a, whether you're going with your significant other or sibling or parents or whatever, a road trip with someone else, it, it, it's also another way to connect with that person in a different way. Mm, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's a good way to like hold your feet to the fire in a relationship, whatever <laughs> it may be, and make sure that, you know, it's a, it's a good one. Yeah, it's I know it's funny because people are always like, if you move in with someone, that's how you know if it's going to work. And it's like, I would say if you go on a, you know, couple week road trip, <laughs> that's another way because you're getting way, that's a much way more variables thrown at you. Yeah, I think it really depends. Uh, the you know the intensity of your live-in partnership really has to do with how many rooms are in your house. Because <laughs> if you have more than two rooms, you all could go a whole day without seeing each other mm-hmm. and have no problem whatsoever. Yeah, it's when it's when their bo is inescapable that you you know really get down to brass tacks. I would say, but um, but I will not talk about my boyfriend's bo on the website. What I will talk about is some of the um, the hard won experience that I have on the road and that you have mm-hmm. and that other people in our communities have. Whether that's about um, you know a mindset that we encourage a person to take on the road uh, wherever they may be going, or more specific information about you know if you go to California, we think you should go here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be a healthy mix of those things. And also, uh, I don't know how much detail we want to get in here, but uh, if you as a listener decided to subscribe to Localer, so you can you can go to our site, you can see lots of great content, lots of great local recommendations, but you can also pay uh, $8 a month, mm-hmm. I think, and not only have access to this content, but access to our community of locals around the world in almost 200 cities who can give you an a personalized itinerary mm-hmm. for the kind of trip that you want to take so yeah. joe if you say to me you know i'm going to colorado for the first time where should i go yeah i can you know give me a couple hours and i'll turn around having consulted with people in our mm-hmm. community and tell you exactly where to go yeah and that information won't just be boilerplate it will be specific to some of your interests, some of your, mm-hmm. you know, restrictions, and also have a lot to do with what is available in COVID. Yeah, times. I mean, I actually um, just, I just did this here in Austin. We had a subscriber who, uh, he and his wife, he said that they live in LA and they, they, they visit Austin pretty often. He said a couple times a year, usually for work or to see some friends for, you know, a week or a weekend. 
And, um, but he said, because of COVID they're, they, they're choosing to come to Austin. I think he said they're going to be here for about six weeks. And so, oh, so wow. he, he literally, you know, he wrote an email, he sent an email to info at localer.com. Um, and he said, um, I, I, I want to get beyond the surface of Austin. Cause I, he's like, I, I know about all the places that tourists go to and visitors go to on their first or second or third time. He's like, we're going to be here for six weeks. And so really what we want is we want our, our new favorite coffee shop, our new favorite neighborhood, our new favorite this and that. Mm-hmm. So, so really, um, you know, me being living in Austin, I gave him a very detailed list of, okay, here are the types of places that I think he should go. He actually said he's a fellow runner. So he was asking for running recommendations on running trails even. So those are the types of things that we can do. We, we, ha- we had another, we actually had a, one of our investors who's a subscriber who, uh, she and her sister went to Denver for a week. And so she mm-hmm. was requesting some information like, okay, they had, you know, she has her two young kids with her. So they're like, where, where are some kid friendly places in, in the Denver area, um, into, in the winter park area. So those are the types of things we get asked and we can turn around no problem in 24 hours. Absolutely. Save people a lot of unnecessary, uh, guesswork and backbreaking research. Uh, just instead of, you know, turn into Google, just turn to us and, you know, you'll thank yourself in the end, especially for $8 a month. Yeah. It's pretty good. And deal. you know, it's, 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 so, it's, you know, as we wrap up here, you know, I, I think about so many of the conversations I'm having lately are very similar mm-hmm. and, you know, local or so much of what we are about is not trusting the, the people who've, you know, been to that place one time ever, but trying to lean in on the insights of locals and people who go there and know that place frequently and all that type of thing. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, when I look at what's happening nationally, even with like the Black Lives Matter movement, it, it feels very similar in the sense of saying, you know, you have a movement of, of, of which people are saying, this is a time to listen to the people in the movement. This is a time to listen to the black voices and to, to hear their experiences. And so I think in general, what I would say is whether you're thinking about a, a, a trip or you're thinking about what's going on nationally, I think that this is really just a, a great time to find new ways to get more authentic sources for content and information about anything. I think we, we mm. need to really move out of this this time where people think that they can kind of live in the echo chamber of their own either their own voice or even their own network, you know, in whatever privilege set that they have or whatever, you know, socioeconomic strata they're in. I think it's, you know, mm-hmm. what, a lot of what this road trip has, has uncovered to me is that, you know, going to a place like Bend, Oregon, that is so different than um, how I grew up, it, it really, you know, I, I ended up leaving Ben thinking, man, this is the kind of place that, you know, I, if I have kids one day, I could see us spending part of our summers, you know, and that would be an entirely different lifestyle than what I grew up having when I was a kid growing up in South Carolina and Texas in the summer. So, so, so for me, I, I think that I, I could feel this this moment where what I'm doing professionally with Localer and what I'm sensing nationally with Black Lives Matter and, and you know, the passing of John Lewis and this this passing of the, the torch and the passing of information from from more authentic sources to people who maybe that's not their lived experience, but they want to tap into that. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I just feel this connection between what I'm what I'm doing both with Localer and what I want to be about, you know, with with this movement and what's happening nationally. That's wonderful. And not just for you, which of course it is, but also because you 
have established yourself as such a, uh, you know, a, a useful voice in this mo- movement and in this moment for anybody who's looking to deepen their understandings or to hear some really thoughtful um, perspectives. The fact that you're able to have these experiences not only is going to enrich your life and your relationships, but hopefully also anybody else who, um, who you know, takes the time to stop and listen. Yeah. So I think that's wonderful. It's the kind of thing that really um, just kind of compounds its returns the the further and further out you get. So yeah. So awesome and more power to you. And yeah, I'm just so happy to have gotten to take these kinds of trips and to be, you know, just here working with you I at know. all and to have this be what we do for work is a pretty wonderful thing. I know. And it has to, I'll, uh, let's, let's end with this question. Where is the next place that you want to take a road trip to? Mm. Well, I will say that I keep idly finding myself thinking about British Columbia and like mm-hmm. all of the things I, it's been like four years since I've been up there, even though it's not that far away. Mm-hmm. And I get really excited to think about that. There's uh, like this place called the Great Bear Lodge that I think is out on Vancouver Island or it might even be further north than that. But anyway, it's a, a gorgeous, gorgeous place that you can go and be in nature. But then, of course, I remember, wait a minute, COVID. <laughs> I can't go to Canada. That's crazy. Uh, so I, I don't think that I'll be going there anytime soon. But, you know, honestly, I would like to... Um, like to get back to Oregon I want to pick up where I left off you know there's a place called the Painted Hills in Oregon that I haven't been to I didn't really get to spend much time in Bend Mm -hmm. I'd love to check out the ski season out Mm -hmm. there hopefully we'll have skiing this year yeah so I think my next trip I would love for it to be a winter trip um, to explore more of the splendor of the Pacific Northwest because I mean what else am I doing yeah what about you I think what I am trying to talk Angelica into is something that's probably like a Midwest trip. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously we're going to be following, you know, guidelines and restrictions around travel and COVID and all that as well um, to see, you know, if, you know, what does Chicago look like? What does Minneapolis look like, you know, a few months from now? But I'd really, I, she hasn't been to that part of the country, at least hasn't spent a lot of time there other than touring. She's a musician. Um, and so mm-hmm. I really, there's some cities up there that I just really love. And then what I really want to do is get a sense for, you know, if you, if you lived in Minneapolis or Chicago or Milwaukee, what are your kind of nature outlets? You know, what are those re- regional secrets in that area that I don't know about? And I'd love to just find all the watering, watering holes or the best hikes or whatever there is in that area of the country. Um, because I, I grew up in the south in the southeast, so I know I feel like I know the area between DC and Texas very well. Um, I feel like I've explored the West considerably, and and um, New England I've even explored quite a bit. But the Midwest is still a little bit more of an unknown for me in terms of like the nature and the outdoor scene. And so that's that's something I'm mm-hmm. hope, I'm hopeful to do in the next couple or two or three months here. Well, wonderful, and yeah, I think it's probably the kind of place that if you're not from there. It's not the first, no. it's not, you know, on anybody's list exactly. of musts if the list is short. Yep. But once you start to check off enough boxes, it's like, hey, wait a minute. Yep. Illinois is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. You can go surfing on the Great Lakes. This is true. You know, I'm and, not saying you should, and this is, but you can. And this is one thing I will say. I think that, you know, we've obviously been talking a lot about the West and the Pacific Northwest and, you know, all that. And for people on the East Coast who don't want to do that big drive all the way across the Mississippi, across the other side of the, across the country, the New England area 
is full of road trip gems. I, I took my mom on a road trip in New England. We went to Boston and to Maine and to Vermont uh, over uh, about 10 days a couple of years ago. And it was absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. And I highly recommend it. And so what you'll see with the road trip section is that New England is actually one of the areas that we featured as well for those people who maybe don't want to venture out as far as the, the west part of the country and stay over on the east side. So um, New England is full of gems and highly recommend that as well. Awesome. God, now I want a lobster roll, <laughs> but it'll have to wait, have to wait to my next trip. Um, all right, Joe. Well, it's great to talk to you as always. Yeah. And uh, yeah, anybody listening, go check out the new local area. I think you'll be glad you did. All right. See you soon. All right. All right.